There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is designed to be an inspirational thought leadership platform that advances the conversation on living with passion and inspiration and working on purpose. And as I'm committed to helping create a world where people actually want to go to work, the content choices are designed to help equip leaders inside organizations to make work a fulfilling part of life so employees thrive, give their best performance, and want to stay. I talk with my guest to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately put to use. Much of the content we discuss on this program is a reflection of the work I do. So as you listen, if you catch a glimpse of anything I can do to help you along your your own journey, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. Let's talk about what's going on for you and how I might be able to help. A few possible ways are the strategic visioneering offering we have to facilitate meaningful conversation among all your stakeholders to help you generate the purposeful and sustainable future you seek for them all. The violation inspired leadership program which is offered in a public format in dallas and also customized for delivering insight or companies the catch fire online community to stoke passion inspiration or purpose discovery which is offered to individuals across the globe and to companies as a gift and benefit for their employees or you'd like me to share a message and speak for your company or conference at any rate i'm glad we're connected and thanks for listening now on to this week's program with us today is tom holsey author multi-iron man and a man who was on his who on his birthday in 2015 heard the dreaded words from his doctor, you have cancer. He's the author of The Winning Mindset That Saved My Life. As it turns out, and I wish I could tell you I had the good sense and foresight to plan this, but we're having this conversation on World Cancer Day. We'll be talking about his story of surviving prostate cancer and the winning mindset he developed to combat it and has now dedicated his life to helping others battle cancer and those close to cancer patients. He joins us here from my studio office right next to me. Tom, welcome to Working on Purpose. It's an honor to be here. So great. So... Let's just dig into it. Let's just dive in, shall we? So let us in on just how it felt to hear, I guess it would be five years ago, those three dreaded words in February 2015 at the age of 61. You have cancer. There were so many emotions that uh, came flooding in. There was the fear, uh, and I was just overwhelmed, and I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Um, I almost felt like I was a fraud. Uh, because people had always viewed me as uh, being very healthy and athletic. And here I am, I, I have cancer. And um, again, just so, just so many emotions. But I was, I was scared. And compounding that fact was the, the, uh, that I had just witnessed one of my best friends lose his life to prostate cancer. So that just com- really compounded the fears that I had. I can't even imagine what it would be like. And part of the reason we're having this very conversation on air together is because, as you and I discussed on the phone, men don't want to talk about cancer. And I want this program to always push the envelope on thought leadership and presence important topics that really matter in life and affect our work lives. And cancer is certainly one of them. 
That's great. Uh, there are many issues in life uh, that are overwhelming, and I would say getting diagnosed with uh, cancer is at the top of my list. And many of my friends and colleagues that are part of what I call this reluctant brotherhood uh, were not as fortunate as I was. And part of the reason, that, as you just mentioned, men do not want to talk about it, but that's primarily because of the very personal nature of prostate cancer. And it's, and it's, you know, embarrassing. And because of that, uh, prostate cancer, it does not get the, uh, does not get the attention that other cancers do. It's, it's really, uh, um, it's, it's not, it's mis, it's misunderstood and under, uh, underfunded relative to other cancers. And again, that goes back to primarily men don't want to talk about it. And I was a typical guy. It took me 13 months before I finally started sharing my story. That's so important. That's another reason I wanted to have you on the show specifically, Tom, because we've had many women on the show talking about some of their their bouts with breast cancer and other things like that. You're the first man that I've had come on the show to talk about your bout with cancer. So thank you. And just to kind of put those uh, numbers in perspective, uh, one in in nine African, one in nine. Caucasian and Hispanic men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. One in six African-American men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. And to put those numbers in perspective, according to the American Cancer Society, one in eight women will be diagnosed with, uh, with breast cancer in her lifetime. So the numbers are very similar. A man dies every 16 minutes in this country from, uh, from prostate cancer. Wow, that is incredibly sobering. Um, another reason I want to make sure I share with you, Tom, and our listeners that I wanted to have you on the show is that what you went through to deal with your cancer, persevere through it, and the treatment is really akin to what we all go through in life just trying to get through obstacles and certainly when we're pursuing our purpose. So there's some real interesting parallels here that I wanted to be able to, to call forth um, because I want people to recognize that there are there are there are levers and and roles and things that they can use to be able to help them along their journey. So another reason that you're just such a great guest. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. So a big part of what's also compelling to me too is that you are an 11 Ironman champion. And for those of you listeners who don't know what an Ironman is, it's an amazing sport. My ex-husband used to do these things as well. An Ironman, by definition, is someone who completes a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then just jots down for a 26.2 mile run, but under 17 hours is the deal. So what's interesting too about your story is that you had been competing in Ironman competitions for years prior to your cancer, but when you got your cancer diagnosis, it destroyed your belief that you could compete in any sport or event you chose to. What happened? Well, like I said earlier, it, it just you know, hitting, being hit with that diagnosis was not was something that that was out of the blue. I never expected it. But when you compare it to, uh, I always like to say the Ironman is a metaphor for life. You're it, the, an Ironman race. You, uh, it's a long day, lots of ups and downs, and how you deal with the adversity in that race very much parallels our our everyday lives, and. Um, and, and and really those that that mindset that it took that it takes to uh, complete an Ironman really helped me in my in my battle with uh, with cancer after I was able to change turn my mindset around. 
Well, and again, that's another thing that I wanted to be able to parallel for our listeners who are many of the people that listen to the show are either trying to discover their purpose, they're trying to cultivate it, they're trying to do it for their team, they're trying to become better leaders. And I think there's so much of what you've learned in how to cultivate your mindset that we can port over to those ventures too, which is why I wanted to have you. Um, So that mindset is interesting. So you say in your book, your success in sports as a young man helped you create that mindset you had for the discipline and lifestyle required to train for the Ironman. So I want to understand more about this mindset. Tell us about how did you cultivate it? Um, well, to do it, to do an Ironman, you have to have you have to have that mindset. Uh, the the motto of the Ironman is anything is possible, and um, and I and I cultivated that really at a very young age because I was always very athletic. I had uh, my father as a role model, and um, I was. Um, in the sports I was in, it was everything was about setting goals and and achieving those goals. Not always not always meeting those goals, but it was always about setting goals and uh, overcoming the obstacles uh, that uh, that got in the way. Um, I like to say that you know setting the goals gets you uh, uh, beyond those uh, short term obstacles that that you have, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and along along those lines, before we get into that, because there's a couple of things I do want you to surface from your book, I think it's important that we actually define what, what we mean by mindset. And so you say in your book that mindset for you is a habitual or a characteristic mental attitude that determines how you will interpret and respond to situations. And so then you further went on to say in your book that perseverance, overcoming fear, and living intentionally comprise the key components of a winning, winning mindset. Say more about that. Well, mindset uh, really helps you get through the circumstances when they are challenging. Mindset makes you a stronger person over time. If if your mindset is producing negative chatter, you must stop and really redirect what's playing on your mind. And um, mindset really does hold the key to overcoming uh, many life challenges. And when I say mindset, uh, having that positive or winning or, or growth mindset as opposed to a uh, fixed mindset. I totally understand that. I've, I've, I know Carol Dweck's work, which is what you're referring to, Dr. Carol Dweck. She talks about the growth versus fixed mindset. And I'll just say qu- simply, quickly, I did the Dallas um, Running Club's half marathon in November. It was one of the best races I ever had. And I'll tell you, it was exactly because I had the best mindset. I played the best mindset game that I probably ever played in a race. So I appreciate that tremendously. I like to say that, you know, people think that the Ironman is is all physical, uh, but to really get to the, uh, to get through that long day and getting to the finish line, I say is 60% mental. You have to want to get to that finish line because uh, not only is it physically challenging, but it's also mentally. And that really does. And that and again, so many parallels to that to, to uh, with my cancer journey. Absolutely. And, and one of the other things that you said that I think is really important to talk about here on the show is that you said, remember, I quote, remember with mindset to always look up and forward to what lies ahead and beyond your current challenge, struggle or goal. The right mindset takes courage and diligence. It can help you step out of your comfort zone. Your mindset drives the choices you make and the habits you create. So that thing about stepping out. Now, in your case in particular, you had a very important goal that you were looking for on the other side of getting treatment, and that was your daughter's wedding. Yes. That was really something that pulled you forward. 
It was because when I again when I was initially diagnosed, I was uh, um, I had I had a fixed mindset and I was pretty much uh, ready to give up. But then I had uh, but then I was able to turn that mindset around. And uh, one of the things that helped get me through uh, through my cancer journey and want to actually pursue the uh, you know, the cancer treatment was to uh, be able to uh, walk my daughter down the aisle. And that was ended up being 14 months after my uh, after my uh, after my surgery. Uh, that's amazing. We have I can see here on on the Facebook live stream we have a couple of people here who can relate. I'll just say the first name in case you don't want your last name. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. I know you can relate very 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 dearly to this conversation. Let me also recognize what Debbie Mrazik said. She says, "Elise, when you're finished." finish with it with the show today give tom holsey a hug for me you two are awesome how's that so already right you're you're making a difference um good stuff thank you for joining us we really appreciate it um all right so next i want to i want to ask um you know over the years you've done 11 ironmans tom which is really really impressive um but how did you intentionally mold your mindset for training for and performing in ironmans and then later battling cancer um, well, going back to your question earlier about uh, my success in, in, during my youth, it really helped me create and mold uh, that mindset uh, that I needed for the discipline and the lifestyle required to train for sub, uh, train for an Ironman, and then subsequently uh, uh, my cancer battle. Again, I, I'm repeating myself here, but mindset really does hold the key to overcoming uh, life challenges. So, so let me let me present something for you and for my listeners. So, I'm going to ask for your advice on air. How's this? In in early June of this year, so in just about four months or so, I will be doing my first ever long distance adventure race, and it's 200 kilometers in Bhutan, which is a country between India and China. And over the course of six days or stages, we're going to cover 200 kilometers, and that is going to be trail running in through the rainforest and the villages. And I know that's it's a hugely physical endeavor, but I do believe that it's at least 65 to 70 percent mind. Yes, it is. Give it to me. What do you got for me? What do I need to do besides drop out? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you don't want to do that. Okay, good. Um, as uh, you've got to believe in yourself. Uh, and as I said, the motto that I embraced was was the Ironman's, which was anything is possible. And uh, it, it's again very much, if not more mental than it is uh, physical. But that, that's gonna, that's going to be a, a challenge for you, no no question about it. But uh, uh, but if you have that you have that mindset, uh, you'll be able to do it. Well, you know what's worked for me before in other races, and I'm going to see if I can get this worked out for this race, is in other races what I do is I as I position myself behind a really good-looking man, and then I ask them to release a wild animal behind me. And it works yeah. every time for me to cross the finish line. There you go. <laughs> Incentive, yeah. Right? It's part of my mindset. <laughs> okay, and with that, let's take our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Tom Holsey, who is the author of The Winning Mindset That Saved My Life. A cancer conqueror having survived prostate cancer, he now dedicates his life to helping others through 
through philanthropy. We've been talking a bit about his mindset and some of the the Ironmans and training that he went through in the beginning. After the break, we're going to talk about some of the mindset tools that he has in his book to help you do anything you want in life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Tom Holsey, an 11-time Ironman finisher. He's the author of The Winning Mindset That Saved My Life. He joins me today. He joins us today from my office studio here in Dallas right next to me. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this next segment here, Tom, I want to zero in on some some tools that we can actually leave our listeners with. One of the things that's important for me when I host the show is that people can actually walk away with something immediately and put it mm-hmm. to use. So um, first, if you would, you already gave me a little bit of coaching. Now, you're also a what, a hockey coach? I was a hockey Walker, coach. Hockey uh-huh. coach. Okay, so um, I imagine, and you have some great stories in your book about some of the impact that you had with, with people that you worked with. Um, so could you share with us a couple more ways beyond what we've already said to me of how we can develop an intentional mindset? Well, the first thing in having an intentional mindset, from my perspective, is you got to set goals. Uh, goals give you structure for an intentional game plan. Goals, when you stick to them, make you accountable to take intentional actions. You can ask yourself if you're if what you're doing is taking you closer to or further away from your goal. Uh, and being intentional will keep you focused. Having an intentional lifestyle is also important. In our healthy in our society, a healthy lifestyle requires commitment. And I love this anonymous quote, in a world that profits from chronic disease, taking care of your body is a rebellious act. <laughs> that is Think great. That. Yeah. that is great. It is so true. Um, but being intentional for me, uh, post-cancer has been easier for a couple of reasons. One is I had very specific goals uh, to get through during my cancer battle. Um, and I was, and I also I was competing for something greater than my myself, a cause that was making a positive impact on society. And today I'm I'm motivated to be intentional because I know I know that I'm helping provide hope and inspiration to other uh, cancer patients around the world. Let me let me just take a second to grab what you just did there because in my work as a logotherapist, which is Viktor Frankl's work in, in existential psychology, logotherapy is really a way to be able to presence and cultivate more meaning in our lives. Meaning is the greatest motivator that we have. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we can do to cultivate that is we can we can look for sources of self-transcendence, things that pull us outside of ourselves because we're not focused on ourselves anymore, we're focused on somebody else. And we can actually get through an awful lot when we do that. 
So that's what you're talking about. Yep. And it's beautiful. It's just, and it works. I promise it works. To me, there's nothing more uh, gratifying in life than, than making an impact on, on, on other people. There's a, uh, there's a, there's one sentence on Jackie Robinson's tombstone that I've embraced, and it's and it says so much. And that one sentence says, "A, a person's life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives." Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Okay, so let's next talk about perseverance. That's you've got a, a chapter dedicated to perseverance, and and that I love that that whole idea and to me it's related to grit it's related to effort it's related to commitment um so you say you say in your book you know that what is perseverance it, it means keeping on with something even when you don't see immediate results it comes from having the faith and tenacity to know that the process will produce results and i definitely want to echo and celebrate your point that hard work does pay off for anyone who wants to achieve something in life i completely agree with that and you go on to say that in your ironman training you always train for adversity i thought that was spectacular so people who listen to this program are often trying to get to their next level in life start a business go for their next promotion, raise their team to the next level. So how can we all dig deeper to find our perseverance and train for adversity with whatever we have going on in our lives? Well, as the as I mentioned a minute ago, setting goals to get through any challenge is the first step. Uh, when you do this, at those times when you are discouraged, you feel like giving up, you have something to move, move toward and forward. When the situation looks bleak, remember it's temporary. You must consistently proclaim and visualize what you are trying to achieve as though it were reality. You know, and but you talk about that adversity stuff, and I, you have a beautiful piece in your book, Tom, where you talk about when you when we're going to talk more about your actual process of going through surgery. But you, there's a place in there where the nurse asks you how you're doing, or you ask how she's doing, and she says better than you. Mm-hmm. Which was an, an incredible response. I mean, wow. Um, but so, but you were ready for that somehow. You had already like what prepared in your mind for adversity, or things didn't go well. I had prepared for adversity, but in the uh, situation you just mentioned, though, I was I really was not prepared for that because uh, her it wasn't the response I was expecting as I was getting ready to go into uh, to surgery. It just yeah. it just it really I have to admit it threw me for a loop, and that was one of the times I really had to uh, <laughs> uh, to focus and and remember that the big picture. So. Uh, yeah, so that might have been an off day for that particular care provider. <laughs> Let's hope, anyway. Uh, now we talked about this before already, but this really this is such a good piece of advice and a tool for us to all draw from. And you talk about this in your book is that we have to look for reasons to persevere in life, and we absolutely do. You know, I can tell you this that my listeners who've known me for a while know that almost exactly a year ago, both of my parents um, passed away 28 days apart. My mother was completely ready. She had lost the will to live. She was like, give me the exit key. I'm ready. My dad followed her out 28 days of a broken heart. But that thing about persevering, looking for something to pull us is so important. And for you, it was making sure that you could, you could see marrying off your daughter in July of 2016 which was actually three weeks before your Ironman Lake Placid. So presence for us, give us more access. How can we look for ways to persevere in life? Well, as you mentioned, uh, alluded to a second ago, perseverance is a, is a life choice. It's a, tra- it's a trait that many people want, um, but it's hard, but they find it hard to uh, accomplish. Uh, but, but this goes for everything in life. 
Perseverance keeps you focused toward that goal, knowing that accomplishing it will provide great satisfaction and fulfillment. And I don't need—I don't mean to make it sound easy, because I had those really bad days, just like uh, that what we talked about earlier with the nurse. Um, I had to fight for that perseverance. Having short-term, intermediate, and long-term goals really helped me persevere, though, through my uh, through my cancer journey. And I love uh, Coach Vince Lombardi's quote. I, I, I've quoted him several times in the book, but one in particular when it comes to perseverance, it's not whether you get knocked down, but it's whether you get back up. And just like uh, just like in, in the Iron Man, you're going to get knocked down, and same thing in life. You're going to get knocked down, and whether you're not – you get back up or not that's the uh you know what i find really interesting and i've done this radio show hosting that i've done for the last five years you're i think number episode number 262 believe it or not it's amazing it's a it's a it's a mechanism for me to continue catalyzing my own learning and growth and development so i've had a lot of conversations over these years that have helped me grow and learn and so motivation is very interesting for some people I mean, there have been times in my life when I've gotten a lot done, Tom, by being mad, by, by like, I'm going to prove somebody wrong that, oh, no, 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 I will do this. Mm-hmm. You say I can't do it, watch me. And then there are there are other ways to draw from from motivation where, like, you're drawing from motivation to make sure you can marry your daughter off. Mm-hmm. You're around for that. So that's pulling you forward. And that's a that's that's from love and being wanting to be present. Um, you know, I've known many people who talk about and I've been one of them too, like, I'm going to just keep working as hard as I can because I'm afraid I might fail if I don't. So there's so many different ways we can pull from or pull on to be able to draw this perseverance. And I want to presence that for our listeners because it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of a deal. That's right. Yeah? Um, anything else you want to say about that before we go on to the next thing? Um, go ahead. Okay. All right, so you did also, we talked about being intentional already, but I think it bears um, it bears saying a bit more about this notion that the choices we talk about one foot after the other. Um, one of the things that I learned from um, Jeff Hayden, who I had on the radio show a couple of years ago, he wrote The Motivation Myth. He talks about how really successful people um, what they, what makes, what differentiates, differentiates them from the rest of us is that they literally make sure that every day they put forth something that's moving them down the road, and it's that knowing that they've done something that actually creates the sense of motivation that and momentum that carries and stokes their motivation. And I think that's really interesting and worth presencing for our listeners as well. Thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the life one of the life lessons that I've always taught young people, especially in their twenties and thirties, is uh, that you need to ha- be intentional in your life. Uh, this is a foundation, really, for the rest of your life. And the, the decisions you make daily during this period, good or bad, will carry you forward the rest of your life. Especially decisions regarding your health. Um, set goals. Is very important, and I, I like to set small goals because when you set small goals, you will achieve more in the long run. That momentum carries you. Yes, I've done something. Yes, I can do it. I'm moving. Yep. Yeah. It's just like uh, so many people uh, have these grandiose uh, New Year's resolutions, but they're just so they're almost un- unobtainable, and then they they give up. But you've got to ha- set small goals to uh, achieve to get to that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and this is where I'll, I'll, I'll admit that I'm one of those people, My and in terms of the Gallup Strengths Finder, there's 34 talent themes. My number one is Achiever, which means you can find me completely guilty of when I first get up in the morning, I make my list for the day, what I'm going to do. I do put on that list the things I've already done that day so that I can actually cross them off the list because mm-hmm. it feels so good, mm-hmm. and it gives me that chult that I need to keep going. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so another chapter in your book, which is so, so important to talk about, especially as we translate this over to going for a purpose, going for that next big promotion, starting our business, whatever it is, and that is that four-letter word, fear. Mm-hmm. Overcoming fear is the chapter. So I really appreciate that you say in your book that your struggle with your fear of having cancer made you a stronger person and led you to a calling to help others face the same battle. So that's a twofold interest for me here. So to overcome fear, you must first acknowledge it, but not focus on it. That's really important. One of my previous guests on my radio show, Rachel Stewart, has a fantastic way of addressing this really quick. She talks about how if you're doing anything in life, fear is going to be there with you. Mm -hmm. And your job is to acknowledge, yep, it's sitting right there in the car with me. Here's the deal, though. That fear doesn't get to do any driving, doesn't even get to change the channels on the radio station, Not doesn't get to weigh in on, on the direction of where we're going with the car. It just has to sit in the back seat with his headphones on, enjoying the ride. But the fact that you're saying something similar, fear is going to be there, but you just can't focus on it. That's right. If I had not overtaken my fear of defeat by cancer and losing my life, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Uh, learning to deal with fear means more means putting your negative thought in in perspective, negative thoughts, I should say. Failure, or the curveballs, as I call it in life, are a part of the process, and you shouldn't be afraid of them. Change the way you view failure. Use use it as an opportunity to learn from your mistakes. Learn to accept challenges. If you are going to succeed at anything, there will be challenges and sometimes failure. We tend to focus too much on the negative. I realized that by looking at all the options, I could respond differently to my concerns and my fears. Articulate the positive outcomes to your fear. For me, my positive outcome was beating cancer and walking my daughter down the aisle. Mm. So I think what I want to say, too, about fear for our listeners, and frankly, to remind myself, is it's a powerful emotion. It's useful. And so if we can can direct it so that we can derive the benefits of the of the energy that comes from fear i think that's the opportunity mm-hmm. yeah yep so we talked about this before but i i do appreciate this so much and this is good for for what for what our listeners can take from you too but you've been a beloved hockey coach for years and touched hundreds if not maybe thousands of lives um and so one of the coaches creed that rules that you live by is share a few of your i want i want you to share a few of your most favorite rules to live by as a coach i wrote uh, one coach's creed uh, several years ago and i actually have it outlined in the book but two two of the points that uh, that i really like and live by um one is by helping others to do their best and attain their goals i help myself the second one is i will never forget how I got to where I am today. So I know that Mark Noble is listening here. He's on the Facebook live stream. I know that that he would absolutely agree with that approach. He's a great coach himself, and that is absolutely how he walks his life as well. So echo that. What is he coach of sport? And no, he is a he is an executive coach. He okay. does he does work with inside organizations, etc. But that would be exactly a mindset that he would he would employ. 
All right, so let's grab our, our last break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Tom Holsey, who is the author of The Winning Mindset That Saved My Life. A cancer conqueror, having survived prostate cancer, he now dedicates his life to helping others through philanthropy. After the break, we're going to talk about his actual journey through and treatment of cancer and what he's up to today to serve others. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Tom Holsey, an 11-time Ironman finisher. He's the author of The Winning Mindset That Saved My Life. Having survived prostate cancer, he now dedicates his life to helping others through philanthropy. He joins me today from my office studio here in Dallas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment, we want to get into really what it was like for you to, to go through your treatment, Tom, and also really understand what how you've really developed some passion of your a new passion and purpose on the other side. So first, let's talk about the chapter that you have, which is know your options. So I want to talk about the importance of monitoring your overall health and opting in for the screenings. I know a lot of men, especially, they don't want to they don't want to do the screening. Um, so part of what you credit to your own survival was early detection. And as I've had guests on talking about how to help women detect and deal with breast cancer, let's talk about what men can do to stay in front of prostate cancer. Well, you have to be uh, proactive with your health. And, and as what you said a second ago is so true. Many men don't want to deal with it. Uh, but uh, the key to my uh, surviving, though, was was early detection. Of course, it's not really with really any cancer, but early detection is key, and it's, and it's a very simple PSA blood test. I encourage men to uh, to uh, get checked, you know, annually, especially after they after they're beyond forty. It should be checked on a on an annual basis uh, to see if if there's if it's trending up or not. Um, the widow of my friend who lost his life to prostate cancer will tell you that, like me, he was very proactive with his health and very active, but he skipped a year in getting his PSA checked, and that's what ultimately killed him because the uh, uh, the cancer got outside of the um, out of the uh, prostate, and uh, and so again, my message to men uh, is he's really creating an awareness and being proactive with with all your health issues and and talk about it. You know, one thing I'd also say, too, is I know a lot of men really have a problem with the, with the rectal exam, right? I mean, it's it's really not that bad, and it's it's pretty quick. Well, it, it's, 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 uh, it is quick. Yeah, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it beats the alternative. Absolutely. Um, but when I'm talking about the uh, the PSA test, so that's strictly a, that's blood, just a blood test. Blood I test. Understand. And, um, and that's the first... Uh, first thing to do, or you should be doing on on a regular basis. It's there's nothing invasive about a, a blood test. It's right. a simple well, blood it, test. You get a prick in the arm, but that's not yeah. so bad. 
Okay. Anything else you want to say about options? Well, no. That's that's the main thing. Is is early early detection is is uh, is key in in the battle against uh, um, any cancer. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about your your cancer. So I want to hear about your actual treatment for the cancer and how you ultimately beat it. What did you go through? Well, after I was diagnosed, I did a lot of uh, a lot of due diligence because there's different ways to to uh, treat. Prostate cancer. There, there are um, side effects to uh, which whatever uh, whatever the course of action is is determined. But uh, uh, but after doing my due diligence, interviewing experts, and the different ways to treat uh, prostate cancer, I elected to have my uh, prostate removed. Part of the thinking was I just wanted to get the cancer out of my body in the in the quickest way. And the fact that it was it was it was caught early, the the, the cancer was uh, contained within the prostate. So I just had uh, had my prostate uh, removed. So we're talking one surgery. Is that once, what happened? Once, yes. Uh huh. Wow. But that one surgery though is is uh, is really tough. I mean, you got seven incisions across my midsection, and uh, um, it's. It's it's hard, um, but one of the things I did though when I went in when I was getting ready for my surgery though is I prepared like I was getting ready for an Ironman. I wanted to be in the best physical shape that I could be in to help uh, the recovery process and all because it's a, it's a it's a really tough surgery. Um, I have pictures of when I was in the hospital getting around in a walker and wearing a couple of. Uh, uh, catheter, so uh, it was it, it was hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you talk about in your book how not long after your surgery, you did if not an Ironman, something else. Well, I as I, I set goals for myself. I we've talked about the long term goals of the Ironman and walking my daughter down the aisle, but I also had a short term goal and an intermediate goal. My short term goal was to go on a trip. Uh, with the North Texas uh, Crime Commission on a mission trip to the state of Washington to visit Microsoft and Amazon and, and other companies up there. And that was just three and a half weeks after my diagnosis. And that was that was hard. But the, the, but the uh, my biggest goal or, or most uh, gratifying goal was exactly six months later, I did a half Ironman in Austin. And so to go from getting around in a walker to crossing the finish line of the half Ironman was that was that was the, <laughs> a really neat uh, neat feeling to be able to do that. That's amazing. Because basically the training for that I had to start it at, at ground zero, if you will, because it because uh, I lost all my uh, fitness and all through through the surgery and all and inactivity. Mm. Well, another thing that I find really interesting, and again, listeners, this is a place people often ask me, you know, Elise, how do I discover my 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 purpose? One way to discover our purpose is to deal with what we've had, be, deal with and share what we've learned by going through our own trials and tribulations. And so, one of the things I want to celebrate about you, Tom, and have you share about is your journey created a passion in you to help others battle cancer. So you really got a newfound purpose through this pain. I did. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was um, <clears throat> I was a typical guy when I was first diagnosed, and I kept everything inside, and I was very isolated. And it took me 13 months after my diagnosis before I finally went public and started t- sharing my story with people. And I, that was through the with the encouragement of my wife said, "Why don't you write a blog? If you uh, um, if you impact one person's life in this world, think how that would make you feel." 
And the first response back I got was from a guy in New Zealand. I had given him hope and inspiration, and then it just it just kind of went from there. And uh, um, I, it all of a sudden this became something bigger than me. I was, you know, it was, it was really, you know, I was helping other people. But at the time, I wasn't trying to uh, make a difference or make an impact in the world. At the time, at that time, I w- it was just very therapeutic for me to finally sh- get it out there and share my. Uh, share my story so it was again it helped me so much in my uh my recovery but through that i recognized that uh, my efforts were uh uh positively impacting people and and i really did develop a, a passion to to uh, help those and and uh, i feel very uh honored that i that i have a mission now to uh to help others so one of the things that i help people in my programs understand is that you know, there's three, there are three ways that we can find meaning in, in, in across our lives. One is through what we give of ourselves to the world. Mm-hmm. And I call that our passion. That mm-hmm. is what we're giving of ourselves uniquely to the world. That's what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. There's something about that giving of that gives an energy to us in mm-hmm. the expression of that purpose or mm-hmm. that passion. The second way that we can find meaning is through encounters or experiences that we enjoy or that are valuable to us. And so I call that inspiration. That is what inspires breath on our lungs and gives us energy. And we need that too. So you're doing that for other people by doing the work that you're doing. The third way that we can find meaning in our lives is through the attitudinal stance that we take against anything we face. And in your case, the attitude that you assume, which is part of your mindset that I'm going to beat this. I'm going to work through this. I'm going to apply my very best mental and physical game, and I'm going to, I'm going to rally all my support and my troops, and I'm going to get through that. That is that was the attitudinal stance that you took, mm-hmm. and there's meaning in that. And that meaning, remember, is the ultimate motivator in, in life, listeners. And so, you know, when we talk about now, you've got this new passion journey. Um, one of the things that you say in your book is that the you were given a zero wristband by your surgeon after the surgery. So I want you to talk about what does this zero organization do and the movement that it stands to accomplish. Well, let me say this: of course, the listeners can't can't see this, but I have Facebook a, can. But I have a, a blue wristband on right now. I've never taken it off. It was given to me by the nurse the nurses the day of my surgery, and what it says zero the end of prostate cancer. And at the time, I just thought it was a cool-looking wristband. I had no idea who, who uh, Zero was. Uh, but I w- continue to wear it, and I've never taken it off. It's just a constant reminder of to where uh, where I've been and and what I'm representing today. Uh, but Zero is, is a nonprofit uh, a national organization that's dedicated to uh, finding a cure for, for uh, prostate cancer uh, by furthering uh, research and um, providing support to uh, uh, prostate cancer victims and, and their families and just creating awareness. And uh, I've, I've embraced uh, their, their mission. And, but when I, before I, um, before I, um, did uh, really kind of sign up to be with, with Zero. I did a lot of due diligence, and one of the things that that uh, that I really uh, was impressed by was their uh, f- financial performance metrics. They were very high. As you hear, a lot of there's a lot of philanthropic organizations that, that have gotten in trouble, you know, with how they how they allocate their money. But but uh, Zero st- stewards their um, resources very carefully and. Uh, uh, again, I'm very honored and humbled to be able to uh, uh, represent Zero. Well, and so now what we're getting into is your philanthropic journey. So mm-hmm. another thing that I want to talk about is that you were asked to join the board of the, of the Dallas-based nonprofit Mary Crowley Cancer Research. So what's the mission of this organization, and why are you so passionate about working on their board? 
Well, um, first of all, Mary Crowley uh, was uh, founded Mary Crowley Cancer Research back in 1997 uh, due to her fundamental belief that uh, that uh, cancer patients needed access to better cancer treatments, and um, the uh, the mission of of Mary Crowley is to give. Um, to, is to give cancer patients hope, if you will. In fact, their tagline is "Hope Lives Here," and this is for all cancers. It's not just uh, prostate cancer, or breast cancer, but it, but it's all cancers. Um, um, but anyway, hope lives here, and I, and I'm again very honored to be representing them, and they're they're based right here in Dallas, um, trying to create more uh, uh, awareness out there in, in the market for Mary Crowley. Uh, but uh, again, just so honored to be able to uh, to uh, represent them too and be on their board. So another thing that I want to call out for our listeners here, as I always try to echo and the, the teachings that I hear from my guests, is when you can when you can align your some yourself with something bigger than yourself, a cause bigger than yourself, an organization bigger than yourself, you become bigger in that connection, and and that's that's definitely something I would recommend to anyone. It does help us persevere. It does give us something more to work to to live for. It gives us that ability to self transcend. So. What you're doing is magnificent, and you're helping to to expand her, execute her mission, and and do more good in the world. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. We're getting close to the end of the show here, but what I want to what I want to get to here is, um, since I haven't ever had to deal with cancer, thank you very much. Um, I can't possibly fathom what you've gone through on or before the site of cancer and after. Can you paint a picture for us, Tom? Who were you before cancer, and now who are you after? Well, first of all, my my uh, success as an athlete gave me a false sense of invincibility, if you will. And uh, again, it was it was very it was very humbling to to get this cancer diagnosis. But I was uh, but I almost had what I would call an, an arrogant mindset because of that invincibility. Uh, but the cancer has really humbled me, and um, and, and it's really changed me too. Uh, being a survivor or conqueror, as I like to say, has really given me a wonderful perspective on life. My journey has created a passion in me to help others battling cancer, and, and like I said, w- including their families and all. Um, but lesson learned, as I mentioned a, m- a few minutes ago, there's nothing more gratifying in life than uh, making a difference in people's lives and paying it forward. And... Um, and I really have grown to appreciate the value of serving a cause greater than my own self-interest and really making a positive impact on humankind. I really appreciate that. Um, for my listeners who've heard me say that say this before, um, I have a lot of urgency in my life to really execute on on my purpose too. And my my vision, Tom, is to touch and make a difference in one million lives before I'm dropped into the ground. Or as somebody said today, I get my wings mm-hmm. before I get my wings. <laughs> um, and so I that's something. There's something about that. It gets me out of bed every day. It gives me something to live for. And and I and I do want to be of service to my purpose. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you're doing. On this show, I always like to give my my guests the last words. So you know this show is really about helping to presence meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose. It's designed to equip leaders across the globe to help their teams enjoy their work more and be more fulfilled. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Take things less seriously. Uh, (laughs) Try to keep perspective and understand that no matter what struggles you're going through, you will get through them. They are not... 
they are not as bad as they seem, and you're stronger than you think. I still have to remind myself of this, though, on a daily basis. But lastly, remember, this is my tagline, life is not a spectator sport. I so agree with that. I so agree with that, Tom. Um, well, I want to thank you for, for coming and sharing your experience, your wisdom, your heart with us. It was very evident that all of that was here. Thank you very much for that. Well, it's very, again, I, I'm so honored uh, to be here, and I, pre- I really do appreciate it. I appreciate the platform to share my story. You're welcome. And we need to give a shout out to who introduced us. That's Justin McCorkle here in Dallas. He's the one that connected us. Justin, rock star, fine. Thank you very much for that. So listeners, if you want to learn more about Tom, his philanthropy, or his book, the easiest way to find him is his website. It's just simply TomHolsey.com. Let me spell that for you. It's Tom, T-O-M, and then Holsey, H-U-L-S-E-Y. So TomHolsey.com. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via a recorded podcast. We were on the air with Kathy Rawlings and Terry Spears talking about their book, The Inner Journey. Next week, we'll be on air with Ellen Keithline Byrne talking about her lifelong passion and pursuit to develop leadership in women and why women are so critical in leadership roles today. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.